0: And welcome to another edition of City View, the podcast, Quincy podcast, which is what it's called if you're looking for it on iTunes or Spotify, but hopefully if you're listening to it now, you can also find it on your favorite podcast platform uh, where we are talking with Mayor Tom Koch weekly, hopefully weekly. Uh, we had our maiden voyage last week. They'll all be archived up there at uh, Podcast Quincy or just search for Quincy Mass or City View and you should find the podcast pretty, pretty easily. So uh, Mayor Koch, welcome. Hello, Mark. <laughs> glad to be back. I think we got some positive reviews from our first podcast. So oh, good. I, yeah, good. so yeah, glad I think to hear it's, it. uh,
1: it's exciting to be entering into this new realm. I mean, in this office daily, it's not positive we receive usually. <laughs> it's usually complaints or issues about something. People generally don't call when they're happy, so well, but, uh, good. Pr- good. prefer to hear. they call than, than just
0: spew it out on social Absolutely. media sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. We've got lots to talk about. We talked last week about some really exciting news and, and also a new a new hire and a new department that you've put together. Uh that was a pretty exciting conversation. But today let's let's talk a little bit about again, another new great uh project here in the city and one of many I which is kinda cool to say, one of a few schools that you've built in your tenure. So um the Sterling Middle School is old and dilapidated and the new Southwest Middle School is about to be at least mostly opened, right? So let's talk about that.
1: Sure, sure. Well, um, we're very fortunate in the city that my colleagues in government and the leadership in our community, they believe in strong schools. Uh, This city uh, really funds the school budget fairly well, unlike a lot of cities that barely meet the minimum foundation uh, level for the state. We well exceed that, and I'm proud of that because we've got small class sizes, Uh, we get got excellent staff and teachers and leadership. Dr. Christopher and his team do a great job. Uh, It is about one of the most important things in government we do is educating the kids, and it's about creating the citizens of tomorrow, right? So they're going to be in control someday. We want them off to a good start. So I've also often said that the great equalizer, no matter what your background, is the classroom. You know, there's some kids that come from from difficult family backgrounds, uh, don't have the support at home that many kids do. Uh, so the classroom gives that opportunity for them to learn, you know, learn, obviously, uh, be creative, find areas where they may be good at, uh, and may enjoy and excel in and then chase that, you know, and that, that turns into dreams. And so I think it's important. One of the things we do is that we maintain our infrastructure and, uh, with our schools, we have a lot of uh, school buildings, uh, more than 20, uh, a number of them are great old buildings that we've done a lot of work to that were built. Back in 1910, 1915, great old brick and granite. Uh, but some of them just, just aren't worthy of saving. Um, they're too far gone. They weren't built as quality. So, uh, And this is one of those. Now, I know that there's some folks that may be listening that will say, hey, I went to that school. That was a great school. That's not what I mean. It's obviously what goes on in the classroom before the teacher and the student or the coach or the guidance counselor. Uh, it's not the brick and mortar. But the brick and mortar is the minimum good, safe learning environment that we need to provide. So that that stuff that goes on in the classroom does go on in the classroom. So, you know, it was South Junior High when it was first built, and a guy by the name of uh, Ray Sterling was the principal there. Uh, And after he had left, um, there was a movement. They named the building for Ray Sterling. So we we reached out to the family and discussions about the name because we want to go back to a geographical name. Uh, All our middle schools are relate to the geography that they're in. Atlantic sure. Middle School is in Atlantic area. Broadmeadows is in the Broadmeadows area. Central is in the central part of our city. Uh, you know, Point Webster's in the Point. And, uh, so south, we're going back to what we consider that part of a city as southwest. And we'll honor Mr. Sterling in the media center. We'll hang a portrait of him there, and his name will forever be associated with uh, with this new building. So that was a discussion we had. But it's it's a magnificent new structure, The same architect, uh, AI3, uh, that did Central Middle School with the architects here. Uh, We've got an outstanding contractor in Vaughn Brothers. Our OPM is first class. So it's a really good, solid team. And for a building project that is challenging because we're right up to, I mean, we're literally against the old building. In fact, we took a corner of the old building off before we started building a new one. There's all kinds of things that can go wrong, but it's been seamless it's been uh, terrific. It's a beautiful uh, building. One. It's a, it's it's a very different than central, uh, but in its own right, it's it's beautiful. It it, it has a more of a um, natural residential feel than that industrial uh, building feel that some of our other schools have. It, it's really a neat structure, and I give them a lot of credit for that. Um, but you know, it, it's we we fell a little bit behind with the lockout with the national grid for the gas hookups and all. So uh, it looks like we're going to try to move in. Uh, June 3rd, which is just after the Memorial Day, move all the kids in. So the, at least the 8th graders will have a couple of weeks <laughs> in there before they move on to high school. Yeah. Uh, and then what will happen is when school closes um, during the summer, we'll take the old building down because we don't want to be taking that down while kids are around. So right. uh, And then when they come back in September, all that landscaping, parking it'll all be finished uh as a complete project, so it's exciting um we've been very successful as to start out with working with the school building authority and that's a state agency that people may not be aware of uh that shares on the cost of rehabilitating uh, or building new schools in our commonwealth and and it's uh it's been a program that was Actually started under Tim Cahill, Quincy's own Tim Cahill, who went to Sterling Middle School, by hey, the way. Did he, really? And um, became our treasurer, receiver general, and it was under under his leadership when the school building first was created under legislature and assigned to Tim uh, in his department. And uh, the first director was Catherine Craven, who now sits on the uh, Board of governors of Quincy College. Um, she's an amazing lady who brings... Uh, uh, incredible talent wherever she goes. What a skill set. Um, so I want to thank them for their work in creating it. But today, Deb Goldberg is the treasurer. Uh, we have a great relationship with her and, and her team, uh, including Jack McCarthy and Jim McDonald. Um, we were out recently looking at the old Squanum School. Um, and they have an awful lot of requests all across the Commonwealth for these dollars in this pot. Mm-hmm. So they, they've got a tough job in divvying that out. I mean, it's nice to, to divvy it out, but when you have such competition for it, It's tough because there's a lot of districts in need of of new buildings. When we were first in the program, we didn't have the kind of competition that's out there now. So, uh, you know, we did the Quincy High School. We did the Central Middle School. We're now working on the Southwest Middle School. And the goal is um, we just got the school committee and the city council to vote to support our application. Again, this is the fourth year in a row uh, to replace the Squanum Elementary School. So we're hopeful we'll get the nod in the queue to begin the process Uh, for Squanum in the coming year. But, you know, again, there's a lot of competition for it, and we've done well with this program. And I should point out to our legislators, um, you know, it was their decision, their creation to create this entity, to create the the dedicated tax to it. Uh, Ron Mariano would have been heavily involved at the time, the dean of our delegation, now the majority leader. I think Bruce Ayers was there at the time as well. We've Representative Taki Chan and Representative Dan Hunt, and, of course, a state senator, John Kane and a big supporter of public education. So I'm, I'm grateful to the delegation for the great work they do, grateful to the colleagues on the school committee and the city council who have been always supportive of anything we do with the school buildings and the school environment. So it's good
0: stuff. When you think about all all of the work that's been done on the schools from, you mentioned Central Middle School, Quincy High School, all of the work that's been done at North Quincy High School with the Creedon Field and everything else, and now this new Southwest Middle School, which, by the way, looks incredible inside. That's what I meant more when I was talking about the auditorium is amazing, the bridges and the common areas. and. The IT area it really looks, it's an
1: amazing place. Uh, that's something to look forward to and can't wait for the quantum. Well, and uh, it's, it's, it's very well thought out, and uh, education is different than when you and I went to school. I mean, you know, we were in the old red schoolhouse, but, you know, <laughs> the schools, you know, when we attended, you know, there were classrooms, there was a principal's office, a uh, nurse's office, and, you know, then it's a combination of a gym and cafeteria in many cases. Well, today there's so many specialties in education Special needs, literacy programs, um, you know, the, the space per child needed today is far greater than we were there. In fact, back then, there was probably 30, 35 kids in class. Yeah. So think about right. that. Now, our average class size in elementary school is 17 and 18 kids. Yeah. So in order to accomplish that, you're using more rooms. Yeah. So the pressure for additional space is there. Um, and it's not because we have a lot, of, a lot more students. It's because education is, is a different environment today, and the need for more space per student is there.
0: Thank goodness, because our kids have 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 both gone through the Quincy public school systems and have really benefited. I think from that.
1: Oh, indeed, indeed. Uh, I, you know, um, you know, as a father of three, uh, three of them graduated from North Quincy High School. They've all done very well, in their chosen areas in college and the military. And and um, you know, I, I was quite impressed as a father forgetting my role as mayor and chair of the school committee. But as a father, um, seeing the um, education they received, the support they received from the you know, the teachers, the guidance counselors the coaches, the mentors they had in their life at that school is pretty amazing. So, um, and uh, you know, I have two high schools in Quincy. I'm speaking sure. as a father cause they weren't yeah. there. Quincy high is, is terrific as well. Beautiful, uh, great building, but mm-hmm. it's the people inside that make it. You know? Sure. Sure.
0: I, it's funny. I, I, I was so overprotective of my daughter when she was at I had terrible experiences at Atlantic when I was a kid. It was just a different school, sure. and at North Quincy High School in the beginning, and I was so overcompensating for my own experience, and she had the best experience ever. I mean, she really enjoyed it, so yeah. it is a different day now. So It is a different day, and it,
1: which, is, which is good in many ways. Maybe in some other areas, maybe not so good, but overall, it's a good thing.
0: We're going to segue a little bit, into, since we started talking a little bit about our kids and our personal life a little bit, but uh, you had recently... Just uh, received a, a pretty prestigious award, the John W. McCormick Award. Uh, this award is uh, from it's, a, it's from Mass Citizens for Life and has been given to some pretty prominent folk over the years. Let's talk about first. Let's talk about the award and its in its history.
1: Yeah, um, Mass Citizens for Life um, does a great work in advocating and protecting for the unborn. Um, You know, as you know, Mark, and and maybe some of the listeners do know, I I did leave the Democratic Party two years ago uh, because of the extreme left wing, if you will, uh, position, uh, particularly on on life. Uh, At the time, the new chair of the National Committee, Democratic uh, National Committee, came out and said, there is no room for pro-life Democrats. And I said, okay, well, that was uh, that was the last straw for me. Uh, I'm not defined by a party. Um, I agree, and I'm not going to be defined by a party, and uh, and I don't want to be complicit to what is being pushed uh, from the left wing of that party. Um, and we've seen over the last few months uh, incredible legal uh, maneuvers and and new laws that um, really go to the extreme. Now. Mm. Look I understand in in politics and, and legislation you know there, there's got to be compromise from time to time and uh, though I'm pro-life and and by the way that position didn't come from me as a Roman Catholic, although I'm proud to be a Roman Catholic that position comes uh, from two things one is the constitution, right to life. Two is science proves when life starts <laughs> so it, it's pretty clear uh, in the science community when life starts so it it's not even a religious, discussion or debate it's really a discussion about a life and you know i think the pro choice community very effectively took uh once you know if you go back to the decision of the supreme court back in 1973 in january uh there was some really foggy area whether life started at conception or where or when it's actually started so i think that at the time if there was more science on it uh more advancement in science that it, that decision might have been different, but once the science came out on it, then the, the argument became different. It became, well, it's the choice of the mother. You know, it's the woman's choice, and I think that, that um, argument that that community's been making for years has really desensitized the average person of, of what this procedure is, and um, so, you know, I have great respect for everyone's rights, but I I don't believe anyone has the right to take a life. And no matter how you slice it, this is the taking of a human being. And um, it's extremely disturbing. And I think if every citizen saw what an abortion procedure is now, everybody would, um, the liberal media would never allow it to be on TV. But if everyone saw it and was required to see it, I bet 95% of the public would be against abortion, period. Um, but having said that I've just mentioned that the you know a couple of states have made some big changes Virginia and New York and it's disgusting in my mind and Well, let us talk about that,
0: what that what that is yeah and, and you know and, well, what that what that is what well that uh, let
1: is. me make this statement for us it was I think it was Bill Clinton who was speaking about abortion and he said abortion ought to be um legal safe and rare was his comments and, and uh, you know I'm not a big Bill Clinton fan but um, he saw that there's, there's, a, there's a moderate piece to that, that um, he wasn't that left-wing argument on, on the issue. And, and I'm not here to defend Bill Clinton. I just, I just make that statement because the, the point is rare. So now uh, we see um, a self-proclaimed Catholic in Governor Como of New York. Um, they're almost giddy in the signing of the legislation that allows abortion right up to the minute, moment of birth You could go in and kill that baby, uh, which is just outrageous. As one of eight kids, a father of three, uh, my mother was one of 14, my dad was one of seven, and and, uh, always were brought up with great respect for life. Um, I just find this astonishing in this day and age. And I think the stats would prove me out. Talking talking the other day, Mark, um, I think the amount of abortions, legal abortions, so there were a lot of illegal abortions before this became legal, uh, in this country has now exceeded all the deaths related to World War II in combat, in the concentra- concentration camps, civilian deaths, all of it. I believe it exceeds 60 million people now at this million, point. Yeah. So think about that for a minute. You know, all those kids that we murdered, and there's no, there's no sexy way to talk about or soften what the act really is. It, it's, the, it's the taking of a life, an innocent, unborn life and you wonder how many of those kids would have had the cure for cancer or heart disease or some invention to make um you know the human experience that much easier or different um you know it's it's infantide. it's 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 just it's gross it's yeah. disgusting i don't you know there's a million adjectives i guess you could use for it i just think in this day and age how this could happen is mind-boggling to me uh and in virginia they took it as the governor was recommending a step further that if the baby was born if the abortion didn't work and baby was born, they could just let it die, not feed it and just let it die naturally. I said, that is incredible to me. I, two of my kids, my twins were preemies. So they were in the NIC unit Mine for too. several weeks. And you, and you saw all that loving care and effort uh, by medicine and the nurses, uh, you know, trying to bring that life along. And, and, and then you could, you know, in this view, you could get out the hall and just snuff it out. It just, it's it's uh it's sick, and uh you know this country i hope uh, wakes up someday then realizes the great mistake uh and sin that this is,
0: and you've always been someone who has uh been very upfront about your beliefs and especially in this issue, this is a very hot issue in in society as a whole
1: well, it's never subsided when you look at when the decision happened january twenty second nineteen seventy three um this issue is still a hot issue today, it didn't go away the pro life movement has been continued to bring to the forefront what this actually is, uh, and though the press doesn 't cover it in d c there 's hundreds of thousands every year that march in support of pro life and When you look at the the pictures and, and scan the video of it it 's vastly young people right. which is which is really heartening to me. That they're catching on and realize the the importance of this issue. Also, what they go through after the fact, and the people that have the the women that have had
0: these abortions the, with not getting the support they need, and what this does to their psyche, and their heart, and their growth, and as a human being, and in life. You know, we've I've heard many. Uh, there was an organization called Daybreak in Boston that used to help out women who had had abortions. Yeah. And, but there are very few that do that, and the the psychological effect is is huge. So we're not forgetting and, and having complete sympathy for those women either.
1: And that is true. And there's been hundreds and thousands of testimonies from those actual cases in women that talk about that. Um, you know, I you know, I think the whole the whole um, you know uh, viewpoint and and what the mission of Planned Parenthood is is outrageous in this in this modern time. Uh, and I certainly don't want to see my tax dollars. Uh, at the very minimum, going to that, and I just, as I said, I hope this country wakes up someday. And so the, you know, the um, Mass Citizens for Life had reached out to me and and indicated to me that they had selected me for the John W. McCormick Award, and um, they told me they don't they give it out rarely. Uh, it looks, President President yeah. Reagan had received it, go, and yeah. uh, Congressman Henry Hyde had received it. Uh, two huge names in in the in the, certainly the world of of being pro life. Um, so. It's with, certainly with great humility that um I accepted the award. And quite frankly, this is one of the most meaningful uh I've ever received. I mean, um, you know, I not to get too corny, Mark, or um into the faith part of it. I am a Roman Catholic. Those that know me know I'm kind of an Orthodox Catholic, but um I treat everybody with, with great respect. I've got friends who are Protestants and Jewish and et cetera. Um uh, but I I often thought of that, you know, uh, someday when we meet a maker And and him saying to me, you know, you're in a position of authority, you're in a position uh, to make change. What did you do for my little ones? You know, and that haunted me for some time. And um, so, you know, when that when that final statement came out from from the president or the chairman of the city uh, state uh, national committee, I should say, reiterated by a number of city and state committees, unfortunately, uh, about there's no room for pro-life Democrats. It's okay. That was the final straw out I go, I'm unenrolled, I, haven't, I didn't join the Republican Party because in Massachusetts, the Republican Party is no different on this issue, right, which right. is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm grateful to Mass Citizens for Life. I'll continue to do everything in my power to get the message out about life, and uh, we really should, as a country, we need to change this uh, big time. And I, and I think that when you, do the, when you see the polling and all, the average American doesn't believe in supporting abortion, particularly in the third trimester. I mean you think about that and, and there's you know, I get back to that word about compromise, you know, in the legislature. Yeah, the, sure. You never get all with all you want. Well, to to save millions of babies, I would have compromised to say, okay, I'll give you the first trimester, even though it's against everything uh that I believe. But it, the the extreme left wing would should be compromised and saying, Hey, we shouldn't do the third trimester because it's it's the baby is 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 ready to be born, it's right. fully formed, everything is there. Um and the baby feels pain. Science has said that, too. The baby feels the pain going through this procedure. So, um, I don't know, it's a tough issue, and uh, I'll continue to be an advocate for life. Well, thank you for
0: sharing that on the award. Thank you for discussing this in detail. And uh, not that I want to shift gears into anything else after such a heavy topic. But back to Quincy and what we do here in Quincy is uh, we put on great events. <laughs> we have been over the past, you know, uh, decade or so and beyond. Uh, some of our events have been going on for almost 100 years you know uh, in yeah. the city some of our major events like the christmas parade the flag day parade your your family uh, began you understand how community works so putting these events on has been important to you and and you know as the time we're sitting here we're about to have our winter fest which will eventually hopefully turn into a president's fest and maybe something throughout the week and we can do some have some fun things sure, with the kids sure. but but um Talk about your just your philosophy on that and what it means and- well first of all, I
1: uh, you know anyone that grew up in Quincy brags about what a great community to grow grow up in, and one of that you know there's several reasons a fact is there right great school system you know great youth organizations, all kinds of opportunity for kids, whether it's playing baseball hockey or or joining a dance club or there's all those opportunities um, the recreation department we have all these uh, g- incredible opportunities after school in the gymnasiums on the playground. So it's been a very family-friendly city to grow up in, and uh, and most of this stuff is free. Um, so, you know, the, the whole event thing, yes, we've had a long tradition of a Christmas parade and, and um, uh, Flag Day parade and, and certainly Memorial Day and Veterans Day and some of the regulars. Um, something we've talked about and, uh, and, Mark, I think I tasked you with early on a few years back is to get to, we want to have a premier event at least one premier event per month during the course of the year. And I know we built on that. You were involved in the truck festival this past fall, the food truck festival, which is pretty cool. uh, It was a great event, and and we heard a lot of great uh, comments from people about it. It brings people together, which is always a great thing culturally and socially, Um, and it's good for the city. So in addition to the residents that enjoy it, it brings people in from the outside who get to experience some of those things in our city and perhaps... Uh, maybe uh, go and spend a little money in one of the local restaurants or one of the local shops. So, so it has a economic value, I think, uh, as well. Um, and I know this this weekend, uh, Sunday, we're doing. I guess it's Sunday two to. It'll be yeah Sunday
0: the uh, on the seventeenth with a rain 2, date 2, two p.m. seven two to seven two, 2 to seven, 7, 2 PM, 7.
1: Yeah. rain date being the actual Monday's day Monday being Monday. Yeah. Yeah, so you know we'll be we'll be uh, doing tours. I assume of our of our historic sites right on the hancock adams common here again church of the presidents there's a marionette
0: show there's entertainment there's adult beverages for for the uh for the parents and there's stuff for the kids there's stuff for everybody
1: yeah. uh, that's great that's great stuff and you know we have that name of city of Presidents for a reason so we ought to be owning president's day and, and really celebrating it uh in many ways so this is good this is a good start i know you and your team have uh, worked hard on it which is great um you know this past uh Weekend, I was down at the Lunar New Year Festival down at North Quincy High School celebrating the Asian New Year with our our Asian brothers and sisters in our city. A remarkable event uh, at North, all kinds of entertainment and food, and uh, again, bringing everybody together, seeing a different cultural experience. And that's the beauty of Quincy, and, you know, uh, we're a gateway city, and uh, for the last hundred years, we've been a city of immigrants you know, 30% of our population 100 years ago was immigrants. Today, 30% of our population is immigrants. Different faces, different regions of the world, uh, but come to this place uh, we, we know and love as our as our home, Quincy. And uh, I remember talking to Johnny Gillis. You remember the great John Gillis, Mark? Of course, yeah. uh, There's a guy that grew up in Quincy Point. He was city clerk for many years. Um, and he used to talk about growing up in the Point. He said, we play football with Protestants, Jews, Catholics, and Muslims we have one of the oldest Muslim mosques in New England. Sure, yeah. And it was never an issue, never an issue. So uh, we're all God's children, and uh, we all can get along, and uh, I think this city has shown the way for a long time in that respect. So these events help to bring people along and experience the different cultures and get to know people.
0: And I think that's a good note to end this podcast on. So our second episode, Mayor, thank you so much. Uh, It's part of our Quincy uh, channel of uh, podcasts that we have just begun. Please subscribe to it, and you'll find it on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere else uh, that podcasts are provided. And again, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Mayor.
1: Thank you, Mac.